Well, good morning and welcome to uh, Cultivating a Relationship with God. We are in week number two of a six-week class on studying how we can cultivate a relationship with God. And um, the goal of this class, as you see on your handout there, is to give us a biblical understanding of why we should cultivate a relationship with God on a daily basis and to equip us with practical tools that will help us to do that. So the simple title of this class, Cultivating a Relationship with God, carries with it two assumptions. We looked at these last week. The first is that it is possible to to cultivate a relationship with God. That is, um, that answers the question, what can we? Um, Is it possible for us? And and we found out that, yes, indeed it is because of um, Jesus Christ, because of the revelation that we have through the Scriptures. And then the second assumption is that cultivating a relationship with God is something that we should do. So that's what this, this week's class is aimed at, um, to see whether or not we should. I mean, just because we can doesn't assume that we, we should, but we're going to see that it, indeed it does, that we should cultivate a relationship with God. So before we begin our study, let's bow together for prayer. Lord, you are great and a holy God, and you are deserving and worthy of all of our worship. We pray that you'd help us to to think rightly about you and about the truth that you've given to us. Help us to understand it, not to just um, to look at it on the surface, but to, to, to understand it and to apply it to our lives, to be able to, to uh, go deeply into it, be able to grip it, allow it to grip our hearts so that we can uh, be better servants of you. And uh, Lord, we pray that our lives and our actions, even this hour, would be reflective of our love for you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So just because we can cultivate a relationship with God, does that mean we should? I mean, why should we? Why should we cultivate a relationship with God? Some people say that we should only go to God when we need Him. Maybe when we, we have some trouble. Maybe we should only go to the Bible when we don't understand it. When we have something that in life that we don't understand, so we go to the Bible and allow it to answer our question. Now, going to the Scriptures to answer our questions is not wrong, but should that be the only time we go to it? Or we should only pray to God when we need Him. When we have a problem, like we need a job, or we have some trouble in our family, or we have some deep and, and uh, difficult sickness or illness, then we go to God in prayer. Or we should only go to church when we feel lonely. But this is no way to treat the King of creation, the God who made us and provided for us, he desires that we cultivate a relationship with God. And he, is, he has provided that way, as we looked at last week. And I want to show you five reasons why we should cultivate a relationship with God. Why we should cultivate a relationship with God. All right, first, we cultivate a relationship with God because He is worthy. Because He is worthy. He has created the world. He has created us. He is good to us beyond what we deserve. And I'll read for you um, something that helps us to put this in perspective. This is a letter from our missionary 
Mike Jewell, who's in Brazil. And he says that he was taking a trip down to downtown Sao Paulo, and he and his daughter were were um, were visiting there, and they saw. Um, let me just read it for you. As Alexandra and I walked to one of several destinations, we rounded a corner, and there she lay. There on the street before me lay a corpse. She looked to be about 18. Her upper torso was covered with thin, tattered, clear plastic. She was face up with eyes and mouth closed. She had on a soiled white sweater, tattered blue jeans, and no shoes on her crusted feet. People passed by without a glance, and we too passed. About an hour later, as we retraced our steps to the van with our treasured headbands that, that that was what they wanted the city to get. There she was again, in the same position, half wrapped around the corner of an old building, and with the same pitiful look on her young, dirty face. Though she lay motionless, I believed that she was alive. We again walked near, but didn't stop nor comment as we walked on. A few blocks away, I broke our silence with a question. Did you see that girl? I knew that he had, and I just wondered what he was thinking. Yes was a simple answer, but a sullen reply. As I write these words, tears fill my eyes, my heart breaks. That could have been my daughter laying there on that filth-stained sidewalk. That could have been me. Why wasn't it? The trite phrase that I have used, as you have heard, but for the grace of God, there go I, seemed too smug to use that day. How did she get there? What tragic, tragic steps led her to that dismal, condition in the dark corner of the world our paths crossed and questions flooded my mind was there a way to help her was she beyond hope was it her choice that led her to such a stupor that she could sleep in a broad daylight with thousands passing by and she seeming to be lifeless the trip wasn't about 50 cent headbands the trip was a stinging slap to awaken me from my spiritual lethargy I came within inches of what God has saved me from. There is no law that says that I deserve salvation and she doesn't. God's grace is sufficient. Why has he allowed me to be here and her to be that way? It will be forever a mystery to me. I know that my wicked heart is fighting to help me be where she is. It is truly by God's grace alone that I can claim any type of of victory. You may have never come face to face with the grim reality of the ends to which sin can take you. I hope not, but let me tell you, it's ugly and sad. My encounter with this girl has helped me to view my task with deeper conviction. It has given me a desire to help the little girls who will be wearing those headbands to choose the right path. The grace of God alone will help me to do just that. What we're talking about here today is that cultivating a relationship with God is something that we should do because God is worthy. Do you recognize what he saved you from? This is what Mike is telling us. He's saying, I recognize that if it weren't for the grace of God, I could be laying on that street looking like I was dead. And that's the same way it is with all of us. If it were not for the grace of God, there go we. And so God is worthy. He deserves our worship, our praise. He deserves that we cultivate a relationship with Him. Secondly, we should cultivate a relationship with God because He owns us. 
He owns us. We are His children. Galatians 4, verses uh, 4 and 5 tell us that God sent His Son so that He may he might receive a, us as adoption, uh, or he, we might receive adoption as sons. As Christians, we are members of God's family. So we cultivate a relationship with God because we are part of God and God is part of us. We are now part of His family. Now, not too long ago, we just celebrated the Thanksgiving holiday. Why is it that you went down and sat at the dinner table with the rest of your family at Thanksgiving? Was it because you needed to eat? I mean, certainly that could have been one of the reasons, but you can eat anywhere. You can eat at a restaurant alone. You can eat at the kitchen counter. There's all sorts of places you eat, but why do we come together as a family and eat at a table? Because that's what families do. Families come together and they meet and they they enjoy one another's company. And the same thing is true about our relationship with God. We cultivate a relationship with God because we are a part of His family. We are His children. We, we are owned by Him. He is our Father. He has bought us. Okay. So thirdly, we cultivate a relationship with God because this leads us into a deeper relationship with Him. It leads us into a deeper relationship with Him. Paul and when he was talking to the Philippian church in Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 10, says, Whatever gain I had, I counted loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count uh, because of the surpassing worth of knowing that Christ Jesus is my Lord, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Putting aside the things of the world and going to God will lead us into a knowledge of Him in intimate ways. Remember, God is not a subject to be studied. We don't just go to class in order to learn about the subject God. He is a person to join into a relationship with. We are to to accept Him and understand Him as a person, just like we understand our spouse. We don't just learn about our spouse, you know, all these facts about her or him. We we understand them as a person. We we build a relationship with them as a person. So we cultivate a relationship with God because it allows us to go into a deeper relationship with him. Fourthly, when we begin to know God in these intimate ways, when we join in a relationship with him, um that relationship grows and that leads us to worship him. We cultivate a relationship with God because it leads us to worship him. Knowing God and knowing who we are in light of him, Paul says this amazing thing in in Romans chapter 11, verses 33 through 36. He says, Oh, the depth and the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments. And how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has given a gift to him that might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Knowledge of God and relationship with him overflows in worship to him. You see, the more we know God, the more we understand who he is and what he desires for us, the more we will worship Him. I mean, have you ever come to church uh, when you just felt so far away from God because of sin in your life or because of some distraction that's happening in the world? 
and you didn't feel like you really offered to God the worship that He demanded. You see, the more we, we go and we fellowship with God, the more we build this relationship with Him, it overflows in a, in a loving, in a, a willing, submissive type of worship to God. Fifthly, cultivating a relationship with God also, to helps, also helps us grow. It helps us grow. We're not meant to live in spiritual stagnation. We're not meant to just be saved and then everything remains status quo. God intends that we grow. Let me read for you two quotes from J.C. Ryle in his book called Holiness. He says, It is intimately and inseparably connected with the whole question of sanctification. It is a leading mark of true saints that grow, that is, developing a relationship with God. And then he says, Private religion must receive our first attention if we wish our souls to grow. Now, why does J.C. Ryle put such attention on, on cultivating relationship with God? Why does it have to be so pers- personal? Well, he knows that we are leaky buckets and that without cultivating a relationship with God, we remain stuck in our sins. And so we have to be continually filled up with the knowledge of and the grace of God. And even though we are saved, we still have desires in our flesh to to follow after sin. And so cultivating a relationship with God helps us to recognize that we are in a battle and that we need to continually be following after God. In fact, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, he talks about all the armor that we need to put on. And he says that, that we need to fight against sin and cling to Christ. That's the idea of cultivating a relationship with God. The book of First Peter tells us that we are aliens. We are in this seductive world, this sin-cursed world. And so we constantly need this reminder that we need to cultivate a relationship with God. And that only can happen when we get to know God. All right, sixthly and finally, cultivating a relationship with God helps us fight. It helps us fight. Turn to Matthew chapter tw- Matthew chapter 10 with me. Cultivating a relationship with God helps us to fight. Matthew chapter 10 verse 22. Jesus says to his disciples he says, "You will be hated by all because of my name." But it is the one who has endured to the end who will be saved. So we have this call to persevere, that we need to continue on in this world of sin, continue fighting and follow after God, even despite tragedy and hardship and heavy loads that we have to bury. How are we going to get do it? How are we going to do it? The only way that we can is if we go to God daily and recognize that only He can win the battle that He is the one that's going to fight for us. And so what I want you to see today through this class is that, and through the remainder of these next four weeks is that we will not persevere unless we cultivate a relationship with God. Through, and we'll talk about some ways in which we will do that, but through the understanding of the Word of God, through prayer, through fellowship with other believers, we have to do this. If we don't, we will remain spiritually stagnant 
And it may be an indication that we never really did have a relationship with God to start with. Turn over to um, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Look at verse 17. Paul's using war language here, and he says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. So we have to cultivate a relationship with God, and one of the ways that, he does, that we do it is verse 17 through the word of God. And the other way that we do it is through prayer, verse 18. We'll talk about some more ways as the, as the, in the coming weeks. But what I want you to see is that the, the way in which that we cultivate a relationship with God is through His Word. Remember last week we talked about God revealing Himself to us. He revealed Himself to us in several ways. In fact, to our uh, forefathers in the Old Testament, He did it through dreams, through visions, through the burning bush, through appearances of Christ and uh, so on. And then uh, in the New Testament, he came, through, he came and revealed himself to us through Jesus Christ. Now he doesn't reveal himself to us in that way anymore, but he does reveal himself to us in a very complete way in which he has revealed himself, and that is the Word of God. And so we must go to the Word. John seventeen seventeen says that the way that we are sanctified in God's truth is is through His Word. He says, sanctify them in your truth, Jesus says. Your Word is truth. Now let's turn to Hebrews chapter 4 because I want to show you a very well-known verse about the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 4. And this will help us to see um, why it's important to cultivate a relationship with God. Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now what, is this, what word does this verse start with? Four. Okay, so what does it point us back to? This verse doesn't stand on its own. It's pointing us back to something. It points us to both in front of it and behind the idea of not hardening our hearts. Okay, not hardening our heart. We need to persevere. We need to continually heed or, or follow God's words. The word um, that, that uh, the writer of Hebrews is talking about is the word that leads us to faith. It helps guard us in obedience. It is a message, you see your blank there, it is a message of encouragement for the Christians to persevere. To persevere. The Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. So, let us go on living and being active in the Word of God because that's the only way that we will persevere. 
Jesus says, the one who perseveres to the end is the one who is my disciple. The writer of Hebrews says, the way in which we persevere is by constantly being uh, saturated by, by being guided by the Word of God, the living and active Word of God. So how do we cultivate a relationship with God? We said that we can, last week we said we can cultivate a relationship with God because God has revealed Himself to us. Then we've this so far this morning we've said that that we should that God is worthy of it that um, it it helps us it, it leads us um, God has changed us all these things so we should do it but how do we do it how do we cultivate a relationship with God we have um, we have to get this far in order to um, to make some changes in in our lives so the first way is. And this is foundational. We must cultivate a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Okay, this is on the back of your sheet. We meet with God um, through Jesus Christ, our mediator, by faith. So through Jesus Christ, by faith. Look at verse 16 of Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 16. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may have mercy and find grace in the time of need. Look up to verse 14 because this is, the, this is the through Jesus Christ part. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heaven, who is this great high priest? It is Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. That's the idea of persevering. persevering. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So because we have Jesus Christ, because we now have access to God, because we can cultivate a relationship with God because of Christ, let's do it. Let's cultivate a relationship with God, draw near to God um, because we, we can do this because Jesus is our perfect substitute. We now have access to Him because we were sinners and we stood in opposition to God and we could not have access to Him unless Jesus Christ stood in our place. He is our mediator. So we cultivate a relationship with God through Jesus Christ by faith. Secondly, we do it through Scripture. Through Scripture. What do we mean by Scripture? Well, the Scripture is obviously the written Word of God. It is the collection of 66 books that you have in front of you that tell the story of God and His relationship with man and with the world. It is inspired by God. 2 Timothy 3:16 and 17 say, All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And then notice, so that the man of God may be competent or equipped for every good work. So Paul says the reason that we have Scripture is so that we can grow, so that we can develop this relationship with God, so that we can do what God has commanded of us. Along with all these things I've already said about God's Word, you have to recognize from 2 Timothy 3 that it's useful. It's not something that is is beyond us, that, that is just way out there, and it's just used for these great scholars or just helpful for these great scholars. Paul says to Timothy that it is helpful, 
helpful for teaching. It is helpful for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Scripture often speaks about itself. I mean, Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 4, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Part of cultivating a relationship with God involves meditation and self-examination. Okay? You have all these other verses here. Um, Let's see, did I give you the blank there? Scripture often speaks of itself, is that blank there. And then uh, I just quoted for you Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. If you have time, it would be good to look up these other uh, passages as well. But part of cultivating a relationship with God through Scripture involves meditation and self-examination. Okay? It's not just a basic level reading of the Scripture, although that is good. That is good to, to get a basic understanding of what the Scripture says. It is an understanding of what God means when He puts those words into Scripture. And so oftentimes it requires that we meditate on it and we think about how it applies to our lives. But sometimes we, we take the Scripture and we, we think about it a little bit and then we think about how it applies to somebody else and that's really not the point although that can be helpful helpful at times the the point is for our relationship for cultivating our relationship with God individually we have to take the scripture for ourselves allow it to penetrate our hearts and so we need to meditate on it and examine it Psalm 119 talks about um, all sorts of ways in which we can do this Uh, the psalmist there says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And later, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in all your statutes. I will not forget your word. So getting into the word, getting, finding uh, or an understanding, developing an understanding and a relationship with God through the word involves that we pour over it, that we think about what we've read, think about what it means about God, what it means about man, ourselves, what it means about our relationship between God and ourselves. Those are, by the way, some good questions that we can ask of Scripture as we're reading through them. Okay? What does this passage say about God? Okay? That's what the Bible is about, right? It's a story about God. It tells us who God is and what He demands, what He likes, what He dislikes. So what does this passage, as we're reading through it, say about God? That's the first thing. Secondly, what does it say about me? Okay, obviously your name is not written in the pages of here, but what does it say about uh, the world in general, people in general? What does it say? Okay, um, obviously you have all sorts of ideas that, that the Scripture teaches us about this man being sinful and being... Uh, um, divided with so many competing motives and uh, struggling to follow after God. There's lots of things it says about man. So as you're reading through Scripture, what does it say about God? What does it say about people? Thirdly, what does it say about our relationship between God and people? Okay, What does it say about that? And as you do that, what will happen is it'll it'll open up some more avenues, some more ways in which you can get a better grasp on the Scriptures and what God is trying to teach you through it. Edmund Calamy, a British Puritan, wrote, um, A true meditation is when a man does so meditate on Christ 
as to get his heart inflamed with the love of Christ and then so meditate on the truths of God to be transform, as to be transformed into them and so meditate on sin as to get his heart to hate sin. Okay, that's what meditation on Scripture will do for you. The more you meditate on what Christ did for you, the more you meditate on the truths of God, the more you meditate on the danger of sin, the more you will hate sin, you will love Christ, and you will be transformed by the truth of His Word. That can't happen unless we are cultivating a relationship with God through His Word. Secondly, thirdly, we cultivate a relationship with God through prayer. Through prayer. Turn back to Ephesians chapter 6. Okay, we're back to the same passage where Paul's talking about the the um, the battle gear that we need in order to fight in the spiritual battle. Ephesians chapter 6. Let's look at verse 17 again. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And then, verse 18, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. In prayer, we ask the Lord through Christ, and then He hears us. He hears our prayers, and He knows what we need, and He knows what needs to take place. And so, if we think about it in terms of a battle situation, all of our gear is defensive in nature. Okay, We have the breastplate of righteousness, we've got the helmet of salvation, we've got the sword of the Spirit, even used defensively, can be used offensively, obviously, but but the idea that, that Paul is driving at is that we are, are being under attack by the sin of this world, our own flesh, by Satan, trying to pull us away from this relationship with God, and we need to fight back. And that one of the best weapons that we have is prayer, petitioning to God. God, you know what is best. You, you know the way that I can be defended best. You know how to, to defeat this enemy. I'm going to ask you to get involved. You need to take care of this situation. And so we'll talk um, about a number of aspects regarding prayer in, in a few weeks, but but the point is here that, that we should cultivate a relationship with God through prayer. Okay, I mean, we would never go a long period of time, maybe even a whole day, without ever without talking to our spouse. And yet... There are plenty of times in our Christian life when we go long periods of time without talking to God, and, and yet we say we have a relationship with Him. God is a person, and He demands that we develop and cultivate a relationship with Him. This involves listening to Him through His Word. This also involves talking to Him through prayer. Okay, So that's the third thing. Fourth, we cultivate a relationship with God by coming together with the people of God by coming together with the people of God. Now, coming to church is not the focus of this class, but it is important to note that God meets with His people when they come together in worship. Remember what Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in My name, there I am in your midst. He's not talking about when you you have a couple people of your house that are Christians. It's not what He's talking about. He's talking about 
uh, cultivating a relationship with God through corporate worship, that is, through the, the body of Christ. There's, there's uh, something to be said about this special access to, that we have to God through corporate worship, through church um, worship when we come together as a group. And it also, the, the great part about church is it helps us to focus back on God. You ever had times in your life where you, where you have been distracted throughout the week and you've had difficult things happening and you've had a lot of things going on and you come to church and it helps put things back into perspective because you're looking back to what you've neglected for most of the week. And that's the great part about coming together as a group. It, it helps us together to focus back on God. And that is what worship is all about. It's about focusing on Him and giving Him the praise and, and really proclaiming the worth that He has. That's what worship is. It is proclaiming His worth. Um, so we cultivate a relationship with God by coming together with the people of God. Now, I've talked the whole time, and I haven't given an opportunity for, qu- for questions. So as we've gone through this, is there anything that's popped up in your mind or a question that, that you'd like to ask with regard to cultivating a relationship with God? What we're going to do in the next couple weeks, while you're, while you're thinking of those, um, is the next two weeks we're going to talk about how we can cultivate a, go- a relationship with God through the word okay so that's that first aspect and then the following week we're going to which is three weeks from now we're going to look at how we can cultivate a relationship with god through prayer all right so uh we'll we'll expound upon these some more so if you do have questions that you have thought about and maybe you want to think about it some more that's fine we can uh ask those at that time is there any other questions All right, so let me review. We cultivate a relationship with God, first of all, by faith, in Scripture, in prayer, and then through the people of God. Now I want to leave you with a a quote um, or a definition about what quiet time is that I hope will be helpful to you. It is the part of day, quiet time is the part of day that we set aside for the worship of God, for the reading of the Word of God, and for fellowship with God, so that we would know Him more, know ourselves in light of Him, and know the world according to God's perspective. When we spend time with God, not just in the church setting, but but in our own personal time as we're developing that relationship personally, it helps us to recalibrate our perspective, to refocus our perspective off of the things of this world and the desires that are competing against God's divine uh, worth. And it, and it puts our perspective back on God where it should be. Because that is the purpose that we live. We, we live for the purpose of glorifying God. You realize that? That's why He made us. He made us to bring glory to Him, to, to magnify His praise, to magnify His, his worth. And so the purpose of quiet time is essentially the same as what Calvin said in the opening lines of his institute. He says, Our wisdom, insofar as it ought to be deemed true and solid wisdom, consists almost entirely of two parts. 
the knowledge of God and the knowledge of ourselves. That is what um, true wisdom is. It is understanding who God is and who we are in light of God. And so that's why we need to cultivate a relationship with God. The next two weeks we'll talk about how we can do that. We'll, we'll, we'll hear from God through his word. And then uh, we'll, we'll talk about how we talk to God at the week after that. All right, let's um, ask God's help as we try to do this on our own and, and as a body of believers that we cultivate a relationship with God and that we are constantly growing in the knowledge and understanding of his word. Lord, we pray that you would help us in this way, that we would um, recalibrate, refocus our attention upon you where it belongs. There are all sorts of distractions that pull us from thinking and meditating and uh, thinking about ourselves in light of you. And we are thankful for this church. We're thankful for these people that are committed to the truth and who desire to to put our put their focus on you. And so we're thankful that we can come to this place of refuge away from the this sin-cursed world, a place where we can um, together worship and give you praise because you are deserving of it. You are worthy of it. And we pray that you'd help us um, that, that we would cultivate a relationship with you as a body of believers, but also that we would do so in our, uh, in our own personal time. Um, certainly we cannot have a very deep relationship with any person if we only met with them once a week. And so we pray that you would help us to uh, develop this relationship on our own, spending time with you in prayer and in the Word, and thinking often about your truth, thinking about what it means, what you meant when you wrote it in your word, and what it means for us. And we pray that you'd help us to um, be wise in the way that we dis- um, we understand the scriptures, help us to be discerning in, the, in trying to understand what it means, and we pray that we as a group would help, e- help um, uphold your truth and help those who are struggling and um, and uh, even be people who are correcting uh, those who have a false view of you or of your world that you have created. We look forward to the day when we can, together, with everyone who has been saved for from the beginning of time, give you the worship that you deserve. And we look forward to that day with great hope and anticipation. And we're thankful that we can have access to you because of Jesus Christ, our Savior. May we exalt his name in the service to follow, for we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.